Hey, welcome to C3 Church's online experience. Thank you so much uh, for hanging out with us today, especially if it's your first time. We love connecting with new people in the life of C3, and we want you to know there's room in this family for you. So man, come out sometime, check it out on a Sunday live in the room, but thank you today for joining us online. We're in a series as we're walking through the book of Philippians, and today, today we're gonna talk about something where I feel like a lot of people, especially Christ followers, we often have, we've kind of been robbed in a way because of a perspective we have on a common belief. I was in the first grade, Miss Fisher's class, and it's the first time I ever remember liking a girl. There was this girl, she sat next to me, and I thought, wow, she's cute. That's probably who I'm gonna marry. I'm six years old, but I'm thinking, okay, I think I found the one. And I was trying to figure out how do I communicate to her the depths of my six-year-old love? What, what, what does this look like? And I remember one day, it was during nap time. Uh, we put our heads on the desk and she fell asleep and we sat right next to each other. And while she was sleeping, it was nap time, everybody was sleeping. I reached down under the desk and I tied her shoe, her left foot to my right foot, her shoestring. I tied the shoestrings together. And I thought she is going to wake up from nap time and be so impressed with the fact that we're connected. And, and I went to all that trouble bending under the desk, being discreet, getting the shoes tied. She's going to be blown away with, with such an act of love and dedication. And when she woke up, that, that's not exactly what happened. <laughs> she was not thrilled at all. Uh, and the teacher, Miss Fisher, had to come raise the desk so we could slide the shoestrings under the, the post of the desk. And we had to walk together. She, she could not get the knot undone. So we had to walk together to Mr. Ferguson's office, the assistant principal, where I had to tell him exactly what I'd done, why I'd done it. He couldn't get the knot undone. They had to cut the shoestring and call her parents because her parents had gotten her a brand new pair of shoes for school and it was just, it was not a great day. And I think in a lot of ways sometimes in our lives as Christ followers, it's very easy to feel like, okay, I'm tied to something and I'm having to walk in step with it and I have no idea where it's going and it feels like this is just gonna go on forever. And it feels like it's a moving target to follow Jesus. What does that even look like? If we're not careful, church can feel like Everything we should be doing is just chasing one thing after the next after the next. There's just another step that I'm connected to and tied to, and, and now it's never enough. I've just got to go through this process, always feeling the pressure of everything we're supposed to do, and it's unending. Notice today, Philippians chapter 2, we move into verse 12. Therefore, my dear friends, have you, as you have always obeyed, that's not a word we like, but notice, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purposes. Notice that phrase, to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What, what does that mean? Well, verse 12 sets the stage. It begins with the word, therefore. If you and I were to run into each other in a coffee shop, I would not walk up to you and say, therefore, you don't begin conversations with therefore. Therefore is a connecting word, and it means everything that the Spirit of God is about to write through the Apostle Paul is connected to what was said before. 
And he set the stage in the book of Philippians. Remember, the theme is joy. And he set the stage with how to bring joy into our lives in any circumstance. And, and the importance, the priority of serving others and putting others first. And he said, therefore, because of all that, in, in light of all that Jesus has done for us, here's how we need to live. So therefore, because of all of that, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now, he does not say work for your salvation. He says work out your salvation. It literally means, hey, continue the process. Stay in the game. Continue to move forward. Take the next step. Bring to completion everything that God has already begun in your life and made available to you and made possible for you. So often when life gets difficult or when life gets challenging, we get distracted. And if we're not careful, we can interrupt the process of everything God is trying to do in our lives and, and, and we can miss it. I wonder how many times we miss what God is creating for us and what he wants us to experience. Those of us that are followers of Jesus and, and all that he wants for us because we just don't continue the process. There's that phrase with, with fear and trembling. It means that you live fully aware and I live fully aware that we answer to God. We remember who we are. We, are we, we don't deserve grace. We can't live up to mercy. We don't deserve forgiveness. So we take seriously the relationship we have with God and everything he's done for us, everything he's doing for us. Paul says you've begun a relationship with the living God. Don't see that for less than it is. Don't take that for granted. Don't, don't take it lightly. See, you and I are blessed. If you're a Christ follower, you're a child of God, a God who's invited us to call him Father. And we don't want to let him down because we love him. So therefore, because of everything God's done for you, continue that process in your life. Allow God to continue the process of what he started, what he initiated in your life. And all that God's given you, and remember, you don't want to let him down. Then verse 13, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to fulfill his good purpose. God does it. God is sovereign and God is the one working in our lives. And God is the one that will work inside us to help us become who created us to be. And we've got to learn to trust God and to rest in, in his sovereignty. That means he's ultimately in control, ultimately in charge of everything. And we've got to work hard in our lives to pursue him. So what does God do? Notice that verse, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. What does God do? What is God's part? Well, he transforms our soul. He transforms us from the inside. Remember Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, a couple of weeks ago, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, he began a good work, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So God's part is he transforms our soul. He also transforms our thinking. I, I, I'm no longer living for myself. I'm living for God. As I have to make decisions, as I have to navigate circumstances in life, as I deal with issue, issue after issue, I, I think, okay, what does God think about this? How, how does God, what, what does God have to say about this in scripture? How would God want me to handle this? What does kindness look like to someone that's being unkind? What does forgiveness look like to someone that doesn't deserve forgiveness? How do I love in a practical way, day by day, people that think they are unlovable? How does this all work? 
And, and God's part is he transforms my thinking. So not only does he transform my soul on the inside, he transforms my thinking. He also transforms my behavior. The longer I follow Jesus, the more he works in my life. And, and the more I yield my life to him, he actually begins to change. And, and, and things that I used to do, things that I used to think that were not beneficial, those things change over time. And how I think is actually fleshed out in how I behave. And in that process, he transforms even my behavior. Now, that's what God does. That's God's part. What is our part? Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, we don't like that word. Because, because to us, to obey is restricting. To obey means confinement. To obey means it's somebody else's way and I never have a voice. To obey is my shoestring is tied to someone else, like it or not, ready or not, and I have to take the next step with them and someone else sets the direction and someone else has the plan and I, all I can do is just take one step after another. Even if I don't want to, I'm supposed to obey. And we don't like that. We don't want to relinquish that kind of control of our lives. But what if we viewed this verse from a different perspective? A perspective that I believe is more accurate. Because sometimes what we see is not really what we see at all. And so today, I, I want to dare to see the truth under the reality of obedience and what it actually looks like. God does his part. What do I do? I obey. And obedience doesn't sound like or feel like that's going to bring me joy. Remember, Paul's writing from a prison to the church of Philippi, and he's saying, hey, this is how you allow God to bring full joy into your life. And, and uh, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, one of the things that Angie and I enjoy doing and have done for years living in Central Florida is uh, we get passes to Disney and, and for years, Friday is typically my day off and we would go out to Epcot and go to lunch at one of the restaurants in one of the countries and just, just love doing that. But before we moved to Florida, when we lived in another state, we would visit, Angie had family here, we would visit and there was a family friend that would get us in for a day. And so we would take the kids to Magic Kingdom and, and, and we would get to go in just for the day. And when you're there just for the day, you want to you wanna maximize the opportunity. And so we would get in there. And I remember the first few times that Angie was very familiar with it, but I would have to look at the map because I, it, it was all new to me. And we would head to Frontierland because in Frontierland, there's the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. And the kids loved that ride. It was one of our favorite rides. The kids also loved the parades. They would come through Magic Kingdom with all the different parades. But, but then we'd also end up somehow at Fantasyland, the haunted house. At the Magic Kingdom, the haunted house, that's my favorite ride. Every single time we would do that ride. But what if we walked into Magic Kingdom? Someone else has gotten us in. What if we walked in and thought, man, this is amazing. And we just sat on a bench and didn't explore, didn't enjoy, enjoy, didn't experience, didn't put ourselves in a position to access everything that was available to us. You would say, that is absolutely nuts. You've been given a pass to get in and you're not going to experience, you're not going to take advantage of. Listen, God has created a kingdom for you and for me to be a part of, to experience, to enjoy, to explore. 
If you're a Christ follower, you're part of the kingdom of God. But I think there are a lot of Christ followers that are, that are sitting on a bench somewhere missing everything you could be experiencing. You're sitting maybe on the bench of what you feel like is an insignificant life. Or you're sitting on the bench maybe of a stagnant marriage. Or you're sitting on the bench of empty, chaotic parenting. Or you're sitting on the bench of average friendships. And if we're not careful, it's very easy as followers of Jesus because there are words that trigger negative emotions like this word obey, that, that we don't want to dive into that because of what we assume about it. So we sit on the bench and we miss everything that's available to us. Now, the, the thing that's worse than missing everything available at the magic kingdom is missing everything God has made available in his kingdom for the follower of Jesus. So what do I do? How do I enjoy the kingdom? How do I experience? How do I allow God to bring joy into my life through this obedience? What, what does obedience look like for me to experience the joy? Let's change our perspective of obedience. The first thing I've got to do, trust the designer's plan. I've got to trust the designer's plan. If you want to get from front to, to frontier land, once you get into Magic Kingdom, you've got to follow the map. You've got to trust the designer's plan. If you want to find out where the restroom is, you've got to follow the map. And listen, in life, if you want joy, if you want to know joy, you've got to follow the map. To get the most out of the kingdom, to experience everything, to miss nothing, you've got to trust the designer's plan, the one who knows where everything is. You've got to follow the map. And God has designed his kingdom. And it's going to take you and me following his directions to experience everything that's available. So the first thing I've got to do is trust the designer's plan. I would never walk into the magic kingdom and say, hey, I'm changing this. I, I want you to take this, move this street over here. I think this ride should be over here. I would never do that. And nobody would ever listen to me because I'm not the designer. But so often in our lives, rather than trusting the designer's plan, we change where we want the attractions to be. We change how we're supposed to get to certain places in life because we don't want to follow the plan. We don't want to obey. No, 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 no. Obey, uh, obeying God opens the door to freedom and experiencing everything he has for us in this life. We've got to trust the designer's plan. That's, that's our part. Another thing that's our part, you'll never enjoy the ride if you try to change it to something it wasn't created to be. You'll never enjoy the ride if you try to change it to something it wasn't created to be. I've never gone into the haunted house ride in Magic Kingdom and immediately been frustrated and thought, man, I'm going to change this. I don't want to call it haunted house. I want to call it happy house. I want to take all the tombstones outside and get rid of those before you come in the door. And I want to replace that with just some flowers in a garden. And, and then once we get in the car, I want to bring up the lighting. I think it's a little too dark. No, you, you can't change the ride because you can't redesign and make better or improve upon perfection. And so often in our lives, you and me, we, we can do this sometimes. We try to improve upon how God has said we're supposed to take the ride in this life. And it creates an impossible scenario that brings frustration and not joy. Listen, the ride has already been designed for you. The path, the plan, the direction, the pace. And it's, a desi it's designed in a way for you and I to get the most out of it. It's already designed to be the most fulfilling. The only way that you and I could actually change the ride is to break it. And that's what a lot of us do in our lives. We decide somehow that we know better than God how to navigate this circumstance or, or the ride of this situation. 
And every time I think I know better than God, I break it. See, following Jesus isn't something you do. It's something you experience. You can't improve on the scriptures. You can't rebuild the scriptures. And you and I, when we try, we break it. Another thing that that we do, another part of obeying, another part that's our part, this one's important. Stay Stay in the vehicle the entire time. Stop trying to get out. Stop trying to change what God has put in place. Notice Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, we, we did not prophesy in your name. In your, in your name did we not drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles. And then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father. See, being a Christ follower is not about living up to something. It's not about performing in a certain way. In fact, it's not about performance at all. It's about position. God lives the life through me. My responsibility is just just to get to know Jesus. To, to follow the plan, to follow the map, to, to, to not try to change the ride and improve it and make it better, to, to stay in the vehicle and just not try to get out of the cart and pursue something else, but, but stay in the place of building a relationship with Jesus, of getting to know him better. Any relationship that's valuable in your life or my life, we spend time investing that relationship and getting to know the other person better. I think of John chapter 15, verse 4, scripture says, Remain in me, remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. You got to stay in the vehicle. You got to stay in the pursuit of, hey, this is not about a list of rules. This is not about a list of regulations. I want to stay in the vehicle. I want to remain in Jesus. I want to stay in the vehicle of getting to know Jesus better, investing in that relationship day by day, spending a little bit of time reading the Word of God, spending a little bit of time praying, not because it's a a, a rule or a regulation, but because I'm staying in the vehicle. I'm getting to know this person better. Anybody you love and develop a relationship with, you communicate with, and you communicate your feelings, and you hear their feelings. Well, it's the same way with God. I'm, I'm investing this relationship. I'm remaining in the relationship. So how do I stay in the vehicle? How do I do that? What do I need to work on to stay in the vehicle and just pursue my relationship with Jesus? What's my part of that? Verse 14, Philippians chapter 2. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Is that in your Bible too? Is that? Do everything. Not some things, not convenient things, not happy things, not things you agree on. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. See, the way you love Jesus, the way I love Jesus, is to just get to know him. And as we get to know him, we trust the designer's plan. We don't try to change the ride and make it something it was never intended to be. We stay in the vehicle, we remain in him, and we pursue him. And then then here's the last one. The last part of my part, the obedience. Tell everyone you know about it. If you've been to Magic Kingdom, the people that know you, they know your favorite ride. They know the place you like to eat. 
They've heard the stories of your adventures or what, what took place there when you took your family. They know what you like best about the kingdom. Notice verse 14 of Philippians chapter 2. Then you will shine among them, among people, like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. When you've been to the magic kingdom, everybody that knows you knows what you love about it. That part of your experience of the magic kingdom, it, it shines. It's revealed. You, you talk about it. People know what you've experienced. They know what you've enjoyed. And, and even on some of the rides, they, they take those pictures, like the ride where you get in the log and it goes down the water and people raise their hands and they snap the pictures and you can buy those pictures. And, and people spend all kind of money on pictures and on, on capturing the experience. Or we take pictures with our phones. We, we try to capture what we love about it. And we send those shots. And the people that know us have seen those shots. And you're just telling the story. You're talking about it. Your trip to the kingdom becomes a part of your life. Everyone who knows you knows. They've heard, in fact, some of you, they've heard over and over and over. They, they've seen the pictures. They've been told the stories. Hey, you and I have a God that has created an amazing life for us to experience. The, the ability to know God in a personal way. And he invites us to call him Father, God. Imagine that. God invites us to call him Father. And in this life, he wants to walk us through the kingdom to walk us through the park, to show us the riots he's created, and to be with us as we experience all there is to experience. So this, this obedience, this obedience as I apply it to my life, it doesn't restrict me, it doesn't confine me, it gives me the best experience of exploring the kingdom. It gives me the most enjoyable experience of exploring the kingdom. And part of my responsibility, because I tell people about what I love, is I'm going to tell everyone I know about it. As you and I experience the kingdom, we invite others to it. We, we walk with others through it. See, here's the thing about the kingdom. I can show you how to get to frontier land. I, I don't need the map anymore because I've been there so many times. And if we were to go together, I, I think you ought to experience the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. My kids loved that when they were little. And I would be able to tell you, listen, there's a part in this ride where the boat, it's going to drop. It's only a few feet. When it first starts to drop, it's going to be very sudden. It's going to be dark at that part of the ride. And you're not going to know how long is this drop going to last. I can tell you because I've been there. It's only a few feet. And even though it's sudden, you're going to be okay on the other side. See, when you've been through the kingdom, you're able to help people walk through the kingdom the first time. And you're able to help them understand what they're about to experience. And in the moments of life that are dark, when there's a sudden drop, when you've been dark through dark moments and there's been a sudden drop, you're able to help them understand it's going to be okay on the other side. And then I can show you, I can show you how to get from there to fantasy land because I've been there. I've been there many times. I don't need the map anymore. I know how to get there and the haunted house ride. There are a lot of cool things about it. But listen, there's one part where... If you're on that ride, you're going to look in this window and you're going to see things. You're going to see these goofy little ghosts floating around your head or in your seat with you. And as you're looking in the mirror, what's really happening is you're going to have a distorted view of yourself. You're not going to see what's reality. You're going to see what you think is happening. But because I've been there and I've been on that ride and I've been through that experience, I can tell you it's not real. 
It's only for a moment. You've got to keep going. You've got to get past it. You're going to see things sometimes in the ride of life that the, the view is going to be distorted and you're going to see yourself in a way that's not really accurate. And it's going to seem like there are floating things around you or right beside you that, that are potentially scary in life, but it's not real. Our God is way bigger than that. See, when you become a follower of Jesus, you get a ticket. You get not a, just an annual pass, but a lifetime pass. You have entered the kingdom. And so the only question you have to answer is how much do you want to experience? And it's through obeying God and trusting him to do his part. He transforms on the inside and doing my part of obedience that allows me to experience everything he wants me to experience and everything I'd want to experience. So how much do you want to experience? How much do you want to miss? Because you don't have to miss a thing. You can walk with God, let him control it. He's the designer and trust him. If you just walk into the kingdom and sit down on a bench, you're not going to get anything out of the kingdom. You're not going to experience anything the designer created for you. And Paul in this passage in Philippians is saying, hey, you're in. You're in, and the way to fully experience joy is through this kind of obedience. Live a life where you follow Jesus. You build the relationship. You learn to trust him more, and, and little by little, as you experience all the rides, he'll, he'll change you. He'll mold you. He'll develop you. He'll mature you. He'll grow you, and more and more, you'll become who God created you to be. There is no better version of you than who God created you to be, but it won't be because you tried harder or you did better. It'll be just because you let God lead. You let him lead you through the kingdom. And you experience everything he has for you. Even the sudden drops in the darkness. Even the distorted views. And you trust him through that process and continue to obey. You continue to trust. You continue to seek God. You continue to pursue that relationship. That is how you experience joy. And that's how you experience everything the kingdom has to offer. Would you pray with me today? Maybe as you're listening, there's a reality in your life of understanding, man, I, I don't really know God in a personal way. There's no way God could be my guide. I, I don't have the pass into the kingdom, but today you can change that. If you'd like to commit your life to Christ, I want to invite you to pray a very simple prayer. This is how you experience becoming a part of the family of God. This is how you as a Christ follower become a part of the kingdom of God. This is it. Where you give your life to Jesus, you ask God to come into your life in a very personal way. It's not about a religion. It's about a personal relationship with the living God who loves you so much. He makes it easy to obey because of the depths of his love. He makes it easy moment by moment to trust. And if you'd say, man, that's what I want. I want the forgiveness of my sins. I want Jesus to live inside me. I want to experience everything God has for me in life. Just pray this simple prayer. Just say, dear God, I know that I need you. Jesus, please come into my life. Forgive my sin and help me to live for you. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, I'd love to know that. There's going to be a number right here at the bottom of the screen. Please shoot me a text. Just send your first name. So in your first name, text the number. The reason I ask you to do that, I'll get a list of names this afternoon of every person that committed their lives to Christ. And the reason I get that, I want to be able to pray for you by name today. I'd like to be able to pray for you by name throughout the week. And so shoot us the text. And then those of you that are part of C3, I want to thank you for your faithful generosity. 
for the way you invest in and through C3 Church. Every time you give to C3, you're investing in life change. So thank you for the difference you make. You can text C3 Orlando to 77977. You get a safe and secure link. You click that link and you can invest in life change. Be a part of what God's doing. Thank you for your faithful generosity. I hope you have an amazing week. And listen, next Sunday, man, I'd love to see you in the room. 9.30 or 11 o'clock, we meet at Timber Creek High School. Join us next Sunday. Have an amazing week.